Welcome to the Jamoti Podcast. We are all surrounded by amazing coaches and leaders. So let's get an inside look at not just what they do, but how they do what they do. After all, becoming the best versions of ourselves is Jamoti, just a matter of doing it. Coaches, the Jamoti Podcast is powered by Shoot360. The future of basketball has arrived in Dallas-Fort Worth. Shoot360 combines the latest sports technology with the fundamentals of basketball skill development. The result is a one-of-a-kind video game-like basketball program designed to improve your shooting, dribbling, and passing. Visit Shoot360DFW.com to learn more and register for your free one-hour workout evaluation. Shoot360, the future of basketball is here. This next question, uh, I'd like for you to take it two two directions. One is since you were a high school coach, you have that experience of of what made your program different, but then also with Radius Athletics and how you work with coaches in your mentor program. So if you will, just kind of take take it uh, both directions there. So when I coached, I would say if someone, this is what some other coaches have I coached on the girls' side, and um, I would say two things that made our program sort of different was, one, I would say the tempo in which we played was a a little uncommon for the girls' side, with emphasis on transition offense and and, and, um, sort of playing a 94-foot game whereupon we secure the ball back, whether that be we got scored on or gained a defensive rebound girls game sort of tends to be a little more there's some exceptions a little more plugged into the coach meaning team gets a rebound she chins the ball outlets to their point guard the smoke clears defense gets back they walk up the floor and look at their coach and he holds up a number or letter calls out a state or something like that and they whereas we were a little different than that in that we taught sort of like flow and go and, and things like that um now we weren't the only team doing that, but that that's definitely sure. a little bit more of, of, of an outlier. I'd say the second thing would be, um, you know, I have a strength and conditioning kinesiology type background and, and the, the amount of time we spent in the weight room and doing physical preparation versus our opponents might've been a little bit different, um, a bit of an outlier. Um, to, to get to the second part of your question about the, the radius athletics sort of business model, um, I'd say kind of what makes it different than sort of some other things you see out there is the personal interaction. I, I try to, uh, it's more than just a paid blog that you join and get to read free articles and playbooks. I, I meet with coaches. I meet with coaching staffs. I I interact with them in, in hmm. all day long in a group chat format. Uh, uh, zooms like you and i are on right now with coaches where we can watch film of their team um that 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 sort of like sets the ceiling of how many members i can acquire because i i can't be doing that you know all day uh, every day you know I, I, that, so i can't get millions but i can get deeper connections with the coaches that do work uh that do i, I do work alongside so I would say that sort of like personal interaction and access. Um, and I would say the second thing that would make it different is a lot of, a lot of my competitors in the basketball space, like have a, have a particular sort of offense and or defense that they're marketing to. Yeah. Uh, and it's like, join this 
program to learn this particular offense or defense. And I don't have that. I, I, I work with coaches that run Princeton, that run motion, that run five out, four out. Coaches that play man-to-man, coaches that play zone, coaches that, you know, like, so it's not necessarily centered around a particular, you know, like like a Rick Torbert or something like read and react. That's right. what you're joining to learn that particular. It's more about sort of like helping coaches find their thing, whatever that may be. Yeah, it's not just what they do, but how they do what they yeah. do that I would imagine you really come alongside and help help them with. Yeah, and and I think I think about so many people, like if you were to drive down the Dallas North Tollway or Highway 75 or somewhere, you see people commuting to work, probably what, nine out of 10 of those cars has someone driving it who's going to a job that they really don't love, right? Like they really, they're doing it out of obligation to their family. They need income, they need benefits. But like one out of every 10 of those persons is like, oh, man, it's Monday. Yes, I'm going to work. I love my job. But like, Let's that's go. That's not normal. Like, Weekend's done, not, thankfully. Sadly, sadly, <laughs> yeah. that's not normal. Most yeah. of people are working in a fashion they have to instead of they want to. Yeah. I think there's a lot of coaches who are listening to this, who I've spoken with, who go coach a way that they feel like they have to instead of how they want to. And what I try to do is say, what do you want to do? Try to do this thought exercise when we're talking about basketball. Don't don't think of your five or six returning lettermen when we're having basketball conversations. Don't think of like the constraints on your program or we don't really have tall guys in my school district or we don't really have. Think about what kind of team do you like to watch on television? What what if you could coach any way, any style, any way that you want? What would that look like? Write that down to me. Create a game model based on that. And now let's craft a plan to get you that. That's, that's unique. That's, yeah. 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 I, I just, I've, I've loved, sorry, I got locked in. Love, yeah. love, love yeah. to you talk about it. And I could definitely see um, as a coach that I, I've, I've always loved running and gunning, but really knowing early on, like how to execute it how to sidestep some of the, you know, because most high schools, and even though we're a private school, we don't recruit. And so most high schools can't do that or, or don't. And so we, who we, who shows up in the fall, that's who we go with. But right. so you kind of, you kind of help with that uh, style. Is it style-based or player-based? I think you can help kind of bring those two together uh, because so often yeah. coaches are, uh, you know, I found are on either side of that. This is what we run no matter who we have or what obstacles. And golly, it's just, we're going to do it. Or we have no identity. We're going to change it up every single year based. On, I think there is a way to bring those together. And you probably help with that a ton. Yeah. And it's a spectrum. It's not either or. So yep. we we don't have to be system coach or, you know, fit our personnel coach we there's there's a spectrum there it's not it's not a it's not an either or um but i would say that like it's all was based on my observations as a coach and as a sports fan and um you know like there's a some of the best teams programs at all levels high school all the way up sort of not only do the same teams win every year right like we can kind of predict who's going to be your state champion or the 
conference you're in, like we might, you give me five tries, I'll probably get who it's going to be. Right. Right, You know, Um, but like what I observed coaching, you know, high school girls basketball is like in two, a three, a four, a, I, you know, kind of going to be one of these five teams almost every year. That's one thing I observed. But the second thing I observed is not only is it going to be one of these five teams is I'm, I could like leave the state for 10 years, come back. It would still be them. And not only that, I'm seeing they kind of play the same way instead of this girl's it, it was her big sister in this corner playing guard. Now it's her little sister or her, you know, so there's sort of like this uniformity to that. Someone mm. has learned to systemize success. And there's a great front end cost to that. That's that's the part that keeps coaches more in that. Oh, we fit everything to do our personnel. That they don't want to coach the way they want to coach because the front end cost of like moving to that just feels too steep. Mm, that's a good point. Going back to uh, the the second thing you said about when you what made your high school program different different was the amount of time that you spent like in the weight room. And I would imagine with injury prevention and things like that. So sometimes, I mean, you and I as coaches, we get the same amount of time with our players. And so we have to choose what we do with that time. And I would imagine there's a lot of coaches out there, like obviously they believe in the weight room, but how much it, it shows by how much time and how often they're really in there. What do you think is the benefit for, what was the benefit for you spending a little bit more time in there uh as opposed to doing shell for another 30 minutes a day yeah or more 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 drills or whatever yeah, yeah. so that's a great question it's not something that i didn't wrestle with as a coach is I, I i understand that by leaving the court and going to the weight room we're sort of making a voluntary a voluntary choice with our time mm-hmm. that you know might there, you know you can make an argument that that um that that's that could be that could backfire but um i felt like the benefits were one i felt like because of the way we played with with playing aggressive man-to-man defense and a full court offense we needed to to transform physically to be able to do that so like i can't take my my Toyota Camry that I bought at uh, and put it on a NASCAR track without wheels shooting off and brakes burning. Th- those those cars are specially equipped to handle that. So I've got to do that to my players. I can't just take you off the lot and put you into the race the way you are. Not 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 this style of play. Yeah, so that was one justification for it. Is like we have to change physically. And and. And, and in order for it to get its full, optimal, maximal potential, we've got to be terrific athletes. And that means changing the, our way our bodies look and, and, and adding strength and, and adding power and speed and all of that. Getting, again, nothing on life support. So if, if you're an athlete level six, I'm trying to get you to level seven. If you're an athlete who's a level nine, I'm trying to get you to level 10. Like it, nothing, we're, we're not accepting your current uh, abilities as your permanent abilities. So that's, that's one reason. The second reason would be, um, the, the injury prevention piece you mentioned, um, uh, sort of like, um, you know, 
if I'm well equipped for the rigors of the sport, I'm less likely to get injured. And I just didn't want to lose players to injury as frequently as my opponents did. I, I coached girls basketball and would often see opponents with two or three knee braces out there, big the big ones. Mm. And uh, just felt like that gave us an advantage to be fit, strong, fast, and healthy. I think how we communicate the weight room to our players is really important, like the why behind we're in there. And I love the the connection you made uh, to them with why do we need to be in here? It's because we need our bodies to look and play a certain way for the style of play that you got. Like you connected the two because I think sometimes we, we yeah. why are we lifting today? Well, because it's good for you. No, all right. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's just not good. It's not going to work against most. Like, especially, I I do one thing I do appreciate about today's players is they want to know why. They want to know why we're doing things. I think the reason is the the phone. Like, anytime they need to know why, they can just in ten seconds they can get the answer. So as coaches, just to do as I say. "Mm, I don't know. Now now you're not the information gatekeeper anymore as the expert. Information is readily available. So players, parents, all the above can kind of they have access to information. So that that you can't just be the the autocrat, right? Yep. That's a good point. And I, I think uh I think a challenge for me going forward is uh you we may be blessed with just players that are naturally Yes, sir. No, sir. I'll do whatever you tell me to. Like, maybe that's the culture that is in your city, is in your school, mm-hmm. you know, the parents that whatever. But I think I can help them even have more buy in in that because I know how important it is and how it can transform your game and the confidence, the better defender, the more everything on the floor that, that it can become by buying into that from my own playing experience, but articulating that and actually getting that point across. Like I think sometimes I, I might be a little sloppy with that delivery. Mm-hmm. I also believe coaching sort of the power of marginal gains, meaning like just being like 1% better and how in the macro from 10,000 feet that adds up. So like we're stronger now and we get a rebound that the other teams, we get a defensive rebound. The other team's trying to scrape it away. You know, that, that moment where possession is sort of in peril, it could go this way. It could go. And that, that, that used to be a tie ball because we weren't strong enough to kind of rip it and pull it. And, and, and like you reach in here and I'm going to win. And like, it used to be a tie ball and maybe some of those, we didn't have the possession arrow. So that didn't, now we're so all those little micro like one percent better like we can now jump this much higher and get two more rebounds a month or something like the power of marginal gains and how they add up and and we got we get beat off the dribble because our lateral our strength in our lower body allows our lateral pushes and and movement to be to be that much more so we get beat off the dribble like one time less per game then we that that adds up so the 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 marginal gains to me were worth it Hmm. and it became a confidence thing too coach is like yeah you would see a girl you know power dribble boom put her shoulder in someone go up go up through contact jump off two feet actually leave the ground which you know like leap off the ground and like foul and one and just like flex and like weight room coach and like yeah you know like that that that's that's invaluable. Like you mm. can't put a price tag on that, you know, like mm. 
we the belief going into the game whether it's true or not that that we work harder than they do they don't feel the pain we feel they don't work hard as we do that that's an advantage before tip-off whether it's true or not if it's believed thank you for checking out today's episode please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast share it with your fellow coaches and find us on social media for what's coming up next on the Jamoti podcast It's just a matter of doing it.